You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Y'all know I love to read, and almost every episode of this podcast includes a recommendation to check out an awesome book. From a D. Jaffe's abstinence myth to Johan Ahari's chasing the scream, I'm constantly looking for new books to learn from and enjoy. That's why I'm super excited to partner with Bookshop. Bookshop is a wonderful website that helps you find all your favorite books and support your local neighborhood bookstore in the process. I've bought everything from textbooks to Star Wars novels on Bookshop, and I've supported my local store with each transaction. Best of all, my Bookshop link will allow you to see all the books I've mentioned on the show right in one spot. So check out Bookshop today using the link in my show notes or go to bookshop.org slash shop slash C-Y-S and you'll find all the awesome books you want and support the podcast in the process. Check it out today. This week on the Choose Your Struggle podcast, it's mentor and coach Sandy Vo. But first, these go to 11, Kid Mental. Things ain't always gonna go our way, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday, but today is for a new beginning. Choose your struggle, and don't worry about what they say, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And you can bounce back, yes, that's right. Come on in, listen in to choose your struggle. Hello and welcome to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Great to be back with you all. I hope you enjoyed that listener request on Monday. It was fun to put out and some of the responses have been really cool. People who, you know, didn't know that this was a thing. And, and I'll, I'm look, I get it. Uh, until three years ago, I had never heard of the, the, the term mental health coach. You know, I, I was under the impression that therapists did all of the work and, and that's sort of the problem, right? You know, until the, what, 60s, 70s, there wasn't such a thing as personal trainers. And now look at it. You know, until then, of course, doctors and, and that kind of thing did all of the, the physical health work. So, you know, we're seeing that change in the mental health sphere, but it's taking time. And I appreciate you all listening and being open to, to learning more. So thank you for that. This week's episode, this Friday episode, today's episode, is with a really incredible, like, it just, it's it's rare that I, like, don't know what to call somebody, right? But that's part of the problem, you know? We don't, we, we rely on these labels to help us understand. And today's guest, Sandy Vo, is so outside of that that it can be difficult. And, and you know, she describes herself in a couple different ways. I, I think of her as a guru, although that word has a lot of negative connotations, so I don't want to put that on her. If, if that's not something that she wants. So, you know, she's doing a lot of really cool work. And, and I definitely identify with a lot of her story of not fitting in the sort of conventional sphere of, of life. And, and, you know, she talks about that in depth. It's a really incredible conversation. We, we <laughs> you'll hear it. We had one of those moments that I love where uh, she breaks and goes, you know, I've never told that story before. That's what I look for in these conversations. I love it. Uh, we had a really fantastic conversation, and I really appreciate Sandy being open. Like I said, I really identify with this, though, because in college, when I was at 
sort of my worst uh, when I was sort of really spiraling towards the bottom of of my personal struggle with substance misuse and addiction and mental health. And you know, I felt very alone and outside of you know what was expected of me. And a lot of that was that I was searching for more in a world that quite frankly doesn't want us to do that, that wants us to sort of, you know, keep our nose to the grindstone, work nine to five. And and as I always say, you know, you get up and you go to work and then you come home and then you retire at 55. So it's not happiness. That's not how we find fulfillment. It, it was something that was really looming over me as I struggled with my own spiral, because like I've told many times, you know, I was on this medication for, for over half a decade. And and I continue to get worse. And so there was a whole lot of confusion in me and, and uh, searching for answers because the, the ones that this conventional society was giving me not only weren't weren't helping, but were making me worse. So, you know, I got really spiritual for a little while. I, I went on Birthright, which is a trip uh, for those of you not familiar where every young Jewish person get, gets the opportunity to go to Israel for a couple of weeks. And, and I, I did that and got very into that, but was also studying some other religions. Actually, I minored in religion in college. It's always been an interest, more of an academic interest. At this time, though, it became a very sort of lived interest. And, and I, was, I was doing a lot of praying at the local Jewish center. I was in a Jewish fraternity, but I was also studying the history and beliefs of Rastafarianism not just because I was a big Bob Marley fan and liked to smoke cannabis, but but those certainly were, were part of it. And I got really into those and, and really found it fascinating that two religions overlap a lot. And there are groups that consider themselves members of both. And I got really into that. So I definitely understand a lot of what Sandy is talking about here in terms of looking for more and sort of fighting between two different ideas or beliefs. So I really appreciated her candor, her honesty. I love what she's doing in terms of exploring new ideas. Although, as she perfectly says, they're not new. That's the thing. They're old. They are the older beliefs. They're new on this side of the world in our buttoned up, closed down society, right? And, and, And obviously there's reasons for that. But I really love people like Sandy who are doing this work outside the box. So because screw the box like that that's just flat out screw the box more people like sandy less box so enjoy this episode i hope it is something that you you know really resonates with you one quick note before we get into it i did i launched this on or announced this on instagram and i mentioned this in the show notes last week but there is a new partnership for the for the show very excited it's with bookshop uh, if you haven't used bookshop.org, it's a website where you can get all your books, like like you get them on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, anywhere else. And if you go on and log in and set up an account, you can select a small bookstore or local bookstore to get some of the proceeds of your order. That's what Bookshop does. They, they support local bookshops. And what's so great is that through this partnership I have with them, if you go to their to the website, if you go to the Bookshop website, through the link in the show notes here, or just type in bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS, CYS for Choose Your Struggle, you'll find my shop. And after that, anything you buy, some of the proceeds will go to me to support the show. But that's not all. 
any book I mention on this show will be featured on my shop. So if you're listening and you're like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. I'd love to read that. Go to the shop. It will be there. I've done my best to, to find all the old books that I've talked about. But if I miss one, please let me know. I definitely will put it up there. Uh, so that's it. Enjoy this episode with Sandy Vo, and, you know, go, go buy some books at Bookshop and support the podcast. Ever since Mountain Made CBD founder Mike Passion came on the podcast way back in the beginning of season one, I've been lucky enough to call them a sponsor. And I say lucky because I love CBD. I preach about it to everybody. Mountain Made is the best in the game. They've got lower than the federally compliant level of THC, so it ships nationwide but they've got enough THC that you get the entourage effect. It's the best of both worlds. I love their Boost. It's a 10 milligram chewable. It's orange sherbet and white tea leaf flavor. It's fantastic. I take a couple of them throughout the day and it's got me feeling pretty good. If you want to start the morning on a high note, they've got Build. Build is a 50 milligram quick release tablet to take it with your coffee. You get it going in the morning and you feel great throughout the day. At the end of the day, they've got Recover and Recover is a 25 milligram chewable it's mango flavored, it's got magnolia, it'll leave you feeling pretty nice at the end of the day. My wife and I even picked up their dog chewables, which our dog loves. She's got anxiety, she's a rescue dog, and just one of Mountain Maid's chewables leaves her feeling pretty good. But here's the thing, don't just take my word for it. I turned my wife on to Mountain Maid and she loves it. So let's hear what she has to say. Mountain Maid is the only CBD I have ever loved. The only CBD I've been willing to purchase over and over and over again, and I don't see that stopping. So go to mountainmadecbd.com, and when you check out, tell them Choose Your Struggle sent you. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get into all of your amazing work, help me and, and the listeners understand, you know, how did we get here for Sandy? Why? What about mindfulness in all of this is your passion? Why is it your passion? Yeah, it definitely wasn't something that I chose. And I think that's what's always interesting about um, the path that we're on, because oftentimes the suffering and the struggling that we experience actually lead us to our greatest awakening. And typically it's the awakening of who you are at a deeper level than the roles that you think that you play in your life. So for me, the way that that panned out um, I always tell the story kind of starting from college, but it, it started at a very young age as I kind of uncovered my own unconscious mind more. My father uh, and my mom divorced when I was around 15 years old, and it got so bad to the point where I ended up going to um, Florida to live with my aunt. And I told my mom, I'm taking the kids with me. I'm the oldest of two younger siblings. And I told my mom, I'm taking my, the kids with me and you two sort your things out because it was getting very, it was obnoxious. And I knew that it wasn't healthy. It wasn't a healthy environment for me to be in, for my siblings to be in. And I just took the initiative to do that. And so for a whole year, 
we were living, um, you know, without my parents and I was, I basically became the mom and the, the dad for my siblings. And I think a lot of the depression that I experienced, which I'll talk more about stemmed from that, that time frame, that time being where I'm losing so much of myself, my vibrancy, my childlike nature to be so much more adult at the age of 15. And so it started there. And then um, when I got to college, I thought that, you know, things were going to change because now I'm more independent. You know, I'm living on my own in my dorm room now, not with my with my mom anymore at the time. And it was this space where I got to explore more of who am I, you know, it's like the number one question that probably so many college students ask themselves because you just left this protective kind of structural container of high school. And now you're going into a whole different experience of, of adulthood. And the more that I asked that question, the more deeper I began to dive. And um, this started to happen because I was experiencing the the depths of de depression. One thing that I started noticing was I started to put on a lot of weight on my body. So I would eat tons of food. I would stay up super late, drink lots of alcohol, and I would just do whatever I could to stay busy. I was juggling different jobs at that time. And I was also juggling an internship. So from the outside looking in, I looked like a very put together and successful kind of person. I was like on multiple different mentorship boards and organizations. And I, I definitely looked like I had it all together and I was on the Dean's list. Like, so it's all these things that, you know, make people go, wow. But what most people didn't know is that I was really struggling on the inside and I was experiencing um, depression to a higher degree that I didn't know that I had until all this weight started morphing on my body. And I said to myself, something needs to change. I wasn't feeling good. I resorted to isolating myself in a dark dorm room oftentimes, or I would just go to the library and, you know, read a ton of books and study, but I wasn't retaining any information. And eventually it got to a point where um, I had completely burnt out. Um, that summer I had competed in a bodybuilding competition and I also started my own business in, in college. It was my junior year of college. And so much of this external stimulation eventually led me to have no energy left at all. And then that path of burnout and being at the very, very bottom of the well, uh, woke me up to my path now. And it led me to my meditation teacher. And when I experienced my very first meditation from the glimpse of profound peace that I felt, the warmth that I felt from that practice and from that moment, I knew that this was my calling in life. So it found me and that's how I got started on my path. Oh, uh, wow. A lot in there to, to unpack. First off, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that in your teens. That is, um, I had a guest on this show last season named Rob Kelly, who is 
uh, the addiction doc, right? He's that's his that's his uh, famous name when he's on all the talk shows. Uh, he's also been called the Gordon Ramsay of addiction. But one one of the things that he said, which was so fascinating fascinating to me is that the way we think of child uh, abuse is wrong. It's not just these sort of extreme things that we focus on, the physical abuse, but but anything that forces a child to be treated in any way other than a child in his eyes should be qualified as child abuse. And so sort of relates to your story of you being forced to grow up a lot quicker than you needed to or should have um, is is uh, not surprising that you ended up then struggling with your mental health. It's in fact, when someone experiences something like that, obviously we know that there's a much higher chance. Uh, so I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, but I do want to applaud you and say that it's amazing that you, I'm always, in, I'm always just so inspired by people like you who turn such a horrible thing into a positive. Uh, it's, it's what separates, I think those of us who, who, uh, reach back and try to help others is that we were like, all right, we went through this horrible thing. We have found a way out, but we recognize how lucky we are. Right. Uh, and I definitely hear that in, in your story. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, there's one point that same summer where I had completely burnt out, like I chased all these outer things to find joy. You know, I thought if I had a fit body, then I would be happy. If I, um, you know, got great grades, then I would make everybody else around me proud and I would be happy. Um, and I chased all these things outside of me and I got them, but I still didn't feel happy on the inside. And it wasn't until I had experienced that meditation that I ex experienced what that bliss could feel like. But before I got there, I got to this point where I literally thought that the only way that this would go away would be to go away, would be to just take my own life. Right. And that part is really it's, it's sad to kind of go back to my younger self and to see that I struggled that much that I thought that the only way out was to not be here anymore. And I felt so empty. And I think those, those conversations um, we have to have more of because there are so many people in the world who look very successful, who have everything that anyone could ever dream of. And yet no one knows what they're, what they're feeling on the inside and how they're struggling. Right. And I think the more that we highlight some of the, the mental health um, experiences that we have, the better it is that we're going to be able to create change in the world because we're actually having conversations around it. So thank you for sharing that, um, that, that you contemplated suicide. So I'm going to push you because we, we go deep on this podcast. Yeah. Did you ever attempt? Yeah. You know, so I had a very interesting experience and now when I look back, it's, it's like a, it was, it was a spiritual experience in itself, but I was at my cousin Lena's house who Lena passed away my very first year in college. So it was really challenging for me because she was like the person that I would go to for everything. I, I think we all have that one person in our life that we just feel like we can count on and that we pick up the phone and call every time something's something that we're challenging with. And, you know, I had been by Lena's side because she was diagnosed with with cancer at the age of 16. And um, I found out that summer that she had passed away. And so it was really hard for me. And I eventually um, went to her house and I just spent time in in her home, like with her family and my, my aunt and my uncle and her siblings and everything. And, you know, everyone else was like outside 
and they were in the hot tub and I decided to go to bed early and it was a super dark room is actually Lena's old room and I was laying there and I heard these voices come through my head and it was like to take take your own breath like it's okay like you, you can go now so I thought that like that was the the thing that I was being guided to do and truly I felt like it was God's voice and so I turned my, I turned my, my head around on the pillow and I like held my, my nose. Like I would never be the kind of person to actually hurt myself. So I said, how could I, I do this in the most least painful way? And I just listened to that voice and I held my breath and, um, was facing the pillow. And eventually I just started warping into out of out of consciousness my whole body started to shake and i felt like zoop i was in the dark complete darkness and it wasn't the darkness of just my eyes closed but i was just in complete darkness and eventually my whole body started to vibrate and i opened my eyes and i was here i my whole body was still here and then I had this awakening experience where I heard that voice more clearly. And it was sweet child's no, not take your own life, but like kill the ego, kill the part within your mind that thinks that all of this is it. it's like there's an ego death that you need to experience in order to wake up to the highest expression and the the spirit that you are and when i got that like synchronization more clearly i said wow and it was a very profound experience for me so that actually led me to experience an, a really big ego death and it was that day that i started to commit to um, understanding more of what these belief systems were that i was opting into and um, the struggle that I thought that I had to stay stuck in, you know, but I realized there was another way. Wow. That's a very powerful story. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I've that never is... shared it. <laughs> I've never shared it. <laughs> well, like that. I am <laughs> touched. That's, um, that's what we try to do on these podcasts. In fact, we're recording this on the 28th of January. And, and just last night I held the first of what I was to, actually, I think I told you about this when we chatted uh, rock bottom storytellers, where I have people tell their rock bottom moment. We had uh, about 200 people online following this, this live event, which went incredibly well. And, and the whole goal of these events and, and this podcast is to help end the stigma around talking about these things. It's to, to normalize struggle and to normalize, uh, you know, talking about our mental health and our, and substance misuse and all of this. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. It means a lot. And I know my listeners are going to feel that power. And I think it also helps establish why you went the direction that you went in life and decided to focus on these things that are bigger than our consciousness, right? Bigger than our, um, the goals that society tells us to focus on. I, 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 harp on that a lot because it really is one of those things that is dangerous and we need to end is this idea that success in life means that the money the car the 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 job title the big house and the joke i make is you get to the end of your life and nobody says damn it i wish i spent more time with bob from accounting that's not that's not what leaves you feeling that you've lived a good life it's following these things that you're talking about being more in touch with yourself and not with your ego and not with the things that will help other people judge you. Mm, that's so good. And so true. Yeah. And I think that when 
you reflect on it in that way, it helps you to have a completely different perspective on how you choose to live your life. And you can also know that no matter what struggle it is that you're going through, it's your struggle that's going to lead you to your greatest awakening about who you are. And that was a path for me. And, you know, in reflecting that I would have never met my teacher who was my mentor and I, who I absolutely needed at that time, because, um, I, you know, it's interesting when I was going through that period, Jay, the only, the only solutions that I was led to, you know, I saw different uh, therapists, psychothera psychotherapists, not to actually have a session with them, but to, to kind of share what was going on. And, you know, so many of them right off the bat wanted to put me on medication. And I know that this is a very sensitive sub subject for some people, but I just invite you to um, be open-minded to what I have to share because this is just my perspective. And um, I said no to that because it wasn't something that I felt like I agreed to. I had insomnia and, you know, I, they even gave me pills for that, that, which I would not take. And I just had an allergic reaction. And it was like, my intuition was trying to guide me to something greater. And because I resisted and I said, no, 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 so many times. And I stayed in alignment with that intuition, which at the time I didn't know that I had, I didn't know that I had that in me. Um, I just knew that this was it. Like it was just a pure knowing. And eventually that led me to my meditation teacher. And there was this one point where my meditation teacher, my conventional doctor and an Ayurvedic practitioner, which I saw, they all got on the phone and they said, you know, let's give her two weeks of meditation instead of medication. And let's see how it goes. And I agreed with them that if the meditation didn't work, then I would be open to medication because they were afraid that I would harm myself. So sure enough, when I tried the very first meditation, it had began to completely re-engineer my mind. I started to think differently. I started to behave differently. I wasn't living this life where I felt like I was constantly frantically racing against the clock and I wasn't living in a, a place of deep anxiety or depression. And um, it was it, it was the right move for me. And I had never taken medication to heal the depression that was going on. And I wanna talk about this because oftentimes we see people wearing you know, white coats and they've gone to school to study so many things around you know the subject of mental health and we think that what they say has to go but there's also an inner wisdom that we all have and we can create relationships with our practitioners or the people our healthcare providers in a way where it feels like a partnership and today in my life that's what it looks like when i work with other healthcare providers I, I mean, I interview them and I also want to make sure that we can meet each other on the same page and that it feels like a partnership relationship and you have that available to you. But at the time I was just a young girl in college that was just so bold and that was just so clear about what she was desiring and decided to stick with it. And ultimately, you know, I, I, because I trusted my inner wisdom, I showed myself to, to be right, you know, that it was okay to, to embark on this path and, and, and heal the mind in a more holistic way. So really beautifully said, I bet that the story of how you came to that meditation for the first time is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's hear it. How, you know, in that moment, how did you close that circle for us? Right. How did you go from where you were to experiencing meditation for the first time? Yeah. So I thought that I had lost my mind. I kept saying, am I crazy? Am I crazy? And I um, didn't have sleep for five days in a row. So I had insomnia there. My mom was telling me that like, I, it just seemed like I wasn't fully there, that my mind was somewhere else. She was starting to get really concerned about me, but I would tell my mom, it's okay, mom. It's okay. Like, I'm going to buy you a nice car. Like I, I told her that, cause at that time I was like building this online business and um, again, I was hitting the peak of, of success, which is what I thought it was, it would be like, like, if I, if I make this business go big, like everything's going to change. And I was very manic. And I told my mom, it's okay. Like, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about me. Like pick what car you want and I'll get it for you. Right. And, um, I truly be, I, I truly felt like I lost my sense of self and there was still something guiding me within that time. And one day I had reached out to my best friend's mom on Facebook because something within my consciousness told me that she studied psychology from Cornell. So I reached out to her on Facebook and I said, hey, are you home? I think I need help. And she said, yes, come over. And she just knew that something was off right away because I would never reach out like that. And I'm very much of a, a self-sufficient type of person that, you know, viewed, I, I, I was self-reliant in a dangerous type of way at that point. And I drove to her house and what I'm telling you is a recollection of what she told me, not what I remembered. And what she told me was as soon as I got to her house, I dropped the keys and I asked her, where am I? How did I get here? And it was like something was driving me to her and she knew that something was very off. And when she was trying to talk to me, I was talking really, really, really quickly. And I, I, she gave me a pen and a piece of paper and I would draw really squiggly lines on that paper to keep my mind grounded, to try to be, you know, to try to be in that moment with her. But I had streams of consciousness just unlock themselves. I was, I was just unloading all these things that, that I, that was coming through my consciousness about society, about the way that we've been taught things and about how, you know, every, everything's backwards. And, and I got pretty deep into it. And uh, that's what eventually she brought me to all these different psychiatrists, psychologists, and um, eventually, you know, I think there was a point where she was bringing me to a psych unit, but they weren't going to admit me at that time because they said that it wasn't as severe. And then she was like, you know what, you need to go see Ayurvedic practitioner. So when I went to the Ayurvedic practitioner, he was able to tell me that you need meditation. And that's when he connected to me to my meditation teacher instead. So yeah, that it was a very interesting journey. And you know what, when I met my meditation teacher for the first time, he was the first person that was able to see which level of consciousness my mind was at. And he was able to direct me in that moment right then and there. And so when he asked me at the end of our conversation, how I would like how he could support me. I told him right away. I don't know anything in this moment right now, but what I do know is I want you to be my teacher. And that's how our relationship started. Beautiful story. Um, how long ago was this? This was back in 2013. Okay. So we are, we are almost going on eight years from, mm -hmm. from that experience. And now you do this full time. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. But before we get into all of the incredible work you're doing, let's pause for a second and give the listeners a chance to learn where they can find you, where they can follow you on social media, all the good stuff. Yeah. If you want to follow me on social media, love connecting with you on there. Just slide in my DMs. My Instagram is at I Sandy Bo. And then if you want to find me online, my, my online sanctuary, I call it is www.sandyvo.com. And um, I also have a school called Prosperous School of Self-Realization. It's a 90-day leadership program that elevates you into higher levels of consciousness, embodiment, healing. And you can find that on sandyvo.com forward slash prosperous dash school. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge sports fan. I start every morning by listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast, and I never miss a Reds game. So when it's time for me to grab a gift for the sports fan in my life, I check out Fanatics. They have everything you need from the best teams, the favorite players, and all the stuff is good. As a memorabilia and autographs collector, I trust Fanatics. But here's the best part. Fanatics always has some kind of discount going on. From free shipping to 50 to 70% off some items, you're going to get a great deal every time at Fanatics. So check them out using the link in the show notes or from my podcast website and help the podcast in the process. Check them out today. Ready to take the next step in your mental health journey but not sure where to start? Feeling pretty good but interested in getting more in touch with the true you? Struggling with substance misuse and not sure where to turn? Reach out. The first session is always free and hey, sometimes we all just need someone to talk to. Find me at jshiffman.com today. Find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Schiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and choose your struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So how long from that experience when you first started uh, understanding or really were just introduced to meditation before you decided that this was going to be your career, your, your, your path? Yeah, I mean, I first knew that it was my path right away when I experienced that profound sense of inner peace and that I didn't even know was possible. I didn't even know that feeling existed anywhere in the world. I never even knew to look for it. And it was something that just showed up in that moment. And it was that small glimpse that guided me in this direction. And I knew that it was my higher calling, but in finding that it was going to be something that was my my path full time that i would be doing this full time it would be my my source of income and it would be a practice that i'm literally living in 24/7 i didn't know that was even possible until probably a year and a half or two years later when i started to feel like i was living in two different worlds so i was teaching meditation and then I was also working full-time as a sales agent for an environmental company. And on one hand, I was in this super masculine energy and I was very like achievement focused and, you know, I was knocking doors. I became one of the top leading saleswomen on that team. And I was also on a team of completely men as well. So my energy in general was just very much more assertive, directive and hustle grind type of energy. And then when I was teaching meditation, I was in my feminine energy and I was nurturing and I felt like this was who 
I mainly wanted to be. And I felt like I was splitting my attention and living in two separate worlds. And it is the practice of meditation that helped me to be aware of this to begin with. And then eventually where that led me to was to make an actual decision. And there's a lot of things that happened in order for me to get there. But eventually um, I was led to a point where I needed to make a decision. Am I going to honor my higher calling of teaching meditation full time and knowing that it's possible because I didn't see that being mirrored to me in a way where it was someone's full time position and they were doing it as a way to support themselves and a way to serve others. And they were successful at it, meaning they they were able to bring in the income to support themselves. And most meditation teachers and spiritual teachers or yoga teachers or people in the healing space, you know, um, they generally don't make a lot of money and you really don't do it to make money, right? And that still remains true for me. But I was like, why do I have to split my my attention between two worlds? Why do I have to do the sales job to bring in the money, but then be this meditation teacher? Like, why can't I just live in my purpose and receive that that equal energy exchange from it? So it, I actually went through so much within my own mind to finally undo all of the programming that told me that I couldn't. And eventually I started my own online practice as a meditation teacher working with high performers, which were the old versions of of me and who I used to be. So yeah, that's how that path continued to unfold. You said a word that I want to underscore because I think it's absolutely perfect. And that was your programming. That is such an important thing to say because I I love the people who sort of like you, who force us to look at the fact that, you know, when someone is doing what you're doing, a lot of people say, oh, that's so weird or against the whatever. And in reality, it's the exact opposite. What you're what you're helping people recognize is getting back to before all of the BS, right? The, you know the 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 um, consumerism, the, the 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 um capitalism. That's the weirdness. It's not the the spirituality. It's not the being in touch with yourself work that people like you and I do. It's 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 in in, in fact it's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I say that living in your truth is the highest declaration of love. So for me, by, you know, being the salesperson, which I enjoyed that job, but I knew that it wasn't my calling. And, and I was just coming up against friction, because I'm, I'm being someone that I'm not, I mean, I had to wear a uniform, I wore my hair slicked back. And, you know, I, I had scripts that I was working with. And it just it wasn't it was a robotic version of how I wanted to be I wasn't fully living in my highest expression, even though I was good at it. And there's so many people listening to this right now where you might be in a career path right now where you're so good at it and you're doing that thing that looks so great on paper, but ultimately it's killing you on the inside and you don't feel like you're actually living in your highest expression. So for me, I realized that I can merge those two worlds and I needed to first look at that external programming. And that's what I call external programming is like the media that we consume and the knowledge and education that we received from throughout our entire lifetimes that tell us how things are supposed to look like, how things are supposed to be. I had to look at that external programming and realize that it was a programming. And I had to use my my skills and my practice with meditation to re-engineer that programming and change the software within my mind. So it's kind of like, 
a MacBook Pro, you know, it has an operating system in order for it to function. And sometimes when you feel like it's lagging and there's a new upgrade, like you have to hit the upgrade button in order for the computer to work properly. It's the same way that it works in your mind. There's external programming that is part of your operating system right now that is telling you how you should be, do, act, and what kind of career you should have and how receiving money should look like. And I had to undo all of that to get back to the root of what feels true for me. And in doing so, I am living in my truth. And because I'm living in my truth, it is the highest declaration of love. Now, the people that I serve get to receive this in a, a highly effective and interactive, integrative container where they're actually giving the commitment in the form of their energy, in the form of money to commit to themselves and invest in themselves. And they're actually doing the work and they're experiencing the transformations, whereas some people, it might take them a lot longer otherwise. So it all kind of played out for me in, in that way. And it's so much more in alignment with my own path, even though it looks so different than anything that you know I've ever seen or maybe anyone has ever seen. Really beautifully put. I, I, you are so knowledgeable about this, and, and I, I feel like we could keep talking. You know, these these really in, important and and sort of big picture ideas. But I want to make sure that people understand all the benefits they could get from working with you. So let's actually talk about your work for a little bit. What does working with Sandy look like? Yeah. So first, what I want to say is that. I think working with a meditation practitioner like me is really choosing to work with a mirror. You know, I am not here as somebody to tell you what to do, but to simply be your mirror and reflect back to you what is within you that you have forgotten. And so a lot of the work that I do isn't about having you chase a certain external result. Oftentimes we think that in order to change our internal worlds, for example, if you wanna feel happy, if you wanna feel at peace, if you wanna feel joy, if you wanna be free, which is at the core of what every human being wants, then you have to change the circumstances around you, right? Like get the house, get the car, make more money. But actually like that's just hardwired conditioning that we've experienced through our society. And instead, what I like to do is show you that you are already a whole being and that there's just layers that are preventing you from being able to see yourself more clearly. So when you're working with someone like me, it's a mentor that is entering this container, the sacred container that's like a sanctuary with you that sees you clearly and that reflects and mirrors back to you what you may not see because the doubts in your mind and your ego are just so loud and the unconscious mind is so deep, right? We have an unconscious mind that controls 99% of how we live our lives, only 1% of it is very much conscious. And so that's a lot of undoing work that we've got there. And that's really what I help people to do is to peel back all the layers and get back in touch with their highest expression. So I do that through Prosperous School of Self-Realization. So if somebody is listening to this, right, and they're like, oh, man, this is I like, I didn't know this was a thing. And now I'm, you're speaking my language. This is exactly what I want to do. 
and they reach out to you. Talk us through, you know, from literally first conversation sort of going forward. What, what does that look like? Yeah, so what that looks like is, um, well, first I have Prosper School Self-Realization, which I launch two times a year. And I currently do have private one-to-one clients and that is is very much on an inquiry basis. I don't really promote that, but when you have that calling to work in a deeper container, then we'll kind of explore that. But regardless of which option, it starts off with a call. So it's a brief call where I will ask you very specific questions to get to know who you are and understand at a deeper level where you're at, not just not just on the outside, what things look like and what you do in the world, but where are you at? What are some of the, the, the um, setbacks that you might be experiencing or the challenges that you're running into? I will be able to identify what the core patterns are that are holding you back from fully stepping into your truth. And through that conversation, I get to see very clearly where you're at and meet you there. And then we can discover a little bit more about Prosperous if it feels like the right fit. So typically when I have that conversation and it feels like Prosperous is going to be the program for them to help them experience a deeper level of healing and transformation, I will extend that invitation and yeah, you can choose to accept it or you can choose to say that it's not for you, but yeah, most people can just see the amount of ways that this program is built to fully support them and actually integrate. It's not something that you just learn, but you receive mentorship to integrate it. So yeah, it's I my one of my core values is intimacy. So being able to have that time with you to kind of understand where you're at is really important to me. And then from there, after listening and hearing you and helping you to feel seen, we kind of discover what the best solution would be. Fantastic. Uh, thank you for, for walking walking us through that. Now, there's another piece that, that I got to sample, and, and that's something you worked on with your, your fiancé. Is that right? The, the, yeah. and I, I don't want to butcher the names, but it, it, it's a really uh, sort of a healing and, and, a, and a comforting sound quality to what you do. Yeah. So something that I have um, in Prosperous when you join, or if you become one of my private clients, you get an energy toolkit. And one of the things that's in there is a vibrational therapy frequency. So it's something that my fiance um, spent about a year developing and we tested it out at different speaking engagements that I went through with my meditations. And what that frequency does is it brings you back to a level of resonance and harmony within yourself and then bringing that out into the outside world. So if you're experiencing stress, if your mind feels scattered, if your energy feels scattered, if you put this vibrational therapy in the background, it basically takes all of your thoughts and it it like zoops it into a focus space. So it's great for putting it in the background and being productive and getting some work done. Or if you have a headache, putting it in the background to relieve some of the tension in the head. Or if you have trouble going to sleep at night, putting it in the background and you will sleep deeply for the rest of the night. I had this one woman who is a busy mom of three. She had been having trouble falling asleep and she listened to the vibrational therapy music and she knocked out on her couch. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And and what I love about that is um, 
it's something that is an interesting tool to add to the toolbox that a lot of people probably don't think about, right? Because, you know, everyone's got their little tip to, to how to, how to sleep better or whatever the case is, but, but I, I don't know me personally, and I'm so sorry if, if your, your aunt or your mom has your, you know, the perfect tip for falling asleep, none of that stuff works for me. And so having more, you know, um, a deeper understanding and tools that actually are, are, are meant to tap into something. And it's not just, oh, have a glass of warm milk or something, you know, like that's such a helpful thing to have. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's so helpful. We, we live by it. And it was actually something that was for our own household first. And then we sent it to our friends and our family and everyone really loved it and experienced some profound effects from it. Um, my fiance's sister um, recently got COVID and she was really stressed out and she was getting in her head with, with everything. And she was slipping into a place of fear. She was telling herself all these stories that were just not true. And she was, you know, she was very afraid and we sent her that music and she said, I feel like I have so much more clarity and her mind became more calm and grounded. And then she started doing some exercises to open up her chest and she like recollected herself from listening to that music. So it's, it's a frequency and we live in a world of vibrations and frequencies. So it really helps. Well, really beautifully put. And like I said, I, I got a chance to sample it. It's, it's, uh, I mean, this, it, it, it's not an understatement to say it or an overstatement to say it knocked my socks off because I had never heard anything like it. So I definitely would say that if this is something you're interested in, give it a try. Now, you and I could talk for a long time. Uh, you're very interesting and I very much appreciate it, but I am conscious of both of our time. So before we get into the final questions that I always ask, please take a moment to once again, tell all the listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you and all that kind of good stuff. Yes, find me and connect with me on Instagram. It's instagram.com forward slash I Sandy Bow. And you can find me in my online sanctuary. We publish blogs. I also have a podcast as well called Prosperous that you can tune into if you want to dive deeper into this and learn more about how you can bridge that gap between the outer world and the inner world. And that can be found on sandybow.com. So the first question I, I always ask at the end of every episode, you've uh, spent the last now 50 minutes talking about, which is one of your uh, self-care, right? So I'm going to ask you a little bit different, which is other than these sorts of practices, what does self-care for Sandy look like? Self-care is being self-aware. It's very simple. So if in this moment I'm aware that my stomach is growling and I'm hungry, then I'm going to go feed myself something to eat. If I feel that I'm thirsty, I'm going to go get a drink of water. If I feel like you're wasting my time, or if I feel like, you know, if I feel like I need to set boundaries, then I'm going to set boundaries, right? And I think this is so important for all of us because we think that setting boundaries and like prioritizing our energy makes us look like the bad guy. But I think that in if you want to keep your wholeness, so much of that is telling and communicating with people what your needs are and offering that to yourself as if you were a little seven-year-old girl or seven-year-old child, right? right? So self-care is being self-aware to me. I'm, I'm constantly in tuned with what my, my energy is doing, what it's requiring of me. And then I use my voice to vocalize it and, and get what it is that, that would support me in that time. So if you were to take away all the meditative practices and breathing practices and body movements and, and all the esoteric ways of spirituality, 
all you have to remember is that self-care is being self-aware and what you're aware of in this moment is going to change five years from now. You know, meditating in a bathtub might be fun for you in the beginning. And then, you know, two years from now, you're like, I don't like that anymore. Right. Cause who you are continues to change. So I always go back to that very simple definition. I will say that is the first time on this that someone has gone deeper than just practices. So I really appreciate that, the philosophy and the the understanding behind it. Very interesting and very important. So thank you. Yes, of course. The last one I always I always ask is we've now spent the last, you know, almost an hour learning about honestly why you're incredible and why we should all go follow you and, and be be invested in what you're doing. But talk to us for just a minute about you know, the people that have been influential to you. So those are the people, you know, maybe that you're listening to in your favorite podcast or what you're reading or uh, what you're watching on TV, whatever the case is, what is influencing you? Mm, thank you. I would say, um, yeah, like for, for this, I, I struggle with that because I never really had what I would call role models in the world, you know? And so I really learned how to be my own role model and to learn how to listen to my own inner wisdom and the guru from within. So I'm constantly in tuned with that, but I do have so many people out there that uh, positively influence me and keep me on this path. And it's my, my meditation teacher who is a mind body pioneer He's the founder of the American Meditation Institute. He wrote a book called The Heart and Science of Yoga. He has a conference for physicians, you know, to get continuing medical education credits and literally teaches all of this work and this philosophy and, and tools and modalities. So um, his name is Leonard Perlmutter. And then his teacher, which is uh, Swami Rama, which is uh, the grandmaster. And uh, he basically came from India and brought over some of these practices to the West. And some scientists began to study him and they put EKGs on his body. And he was able to show them how he could change his body temperature, his heart rate. And they, they began to understand more between the mind and the body connection. So that's his, his, his teacher and, and my grandmaster. And then um, Paramahansa Yogananda, which is, an, uh, which is uh, an ascended master. He's no longer physically here. And he has this book called Autobiography of a Yogi. And, and he's a great influence as well. And then, um, you know, some goddesses, Lakshmi, um, beautiful Indian goddesses. Um, those are all people who, who influence me for sure. Yeah, that, that just keep me rooted and, and centered. Well, wow. beautiful. Thank you. I, I, that is the first time then that a deity has been referenced. So, so thank you for that. Sandy, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated your, your questions and how deep you go. It's a lot of fun to, to play in that arena. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that it's not the only thing I do. Choose Your Struggle is an entire brand. I speak, I coach and consult, I have rock bottom storytellers, there's a lot going on. And sometimes I get to a project and I go, man, I just, I can't do all of this myself. So I turn to Fiverr. It's so easy to find incredible professionals who can help me out. I've hired people to help with marketing, help with SEO, help with my website, so much great stuff all on Fiverr. I even found Kid Mental, who did the incredible theme song on Fiverr. So if you have a project that you need some help on, 
go check out Fiverr. Use the link in the show notes or my podcast website and you'll help the podcast in the process. Check them out today. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. You'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash choose your struggle. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Sandy Vo. She's fantastic. We're going to keep it short. The the closing to this, I'm trying to do a little bit shorter because I'm I'm spending more time in the intros and I'm letting the the guests talk for longer. This uh, that noise you're hearing is of course me opening the cards brought to you by Blurt. We are going to use the press pause pack, the press pause pack, because you know that's a lot of what Sandy does is is, is helping us press pause and sit with ourselves and 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 sort of be. Uh, where we are. That's that's a great way to put it. Be where we are. So brought to you by Blurt, the press pause pack. When you say yes to others, make sure you're not saying no to yourself. And that's a quote by Paulo. Oh, boy. Coetho? Coltho? I really am sorry, Paulo, if you somehow hear this. Actually, Paulo, if you hear this, please reach reach out and and tell me because that would be cool. But yeah, that quote is is good. That's really important to remember. You know, setting boundaries is something that I think we're starting to talk a lot about, uh, or at least more about, and that's important. You know, there are ways you can obviously do that very overtly to be like, you know what, I'm sorry, I just don't, I'm, I'm not feeling doing that, or I don't have the bandwidth, whatever, right? Or you just do that more introvertly and, and say, okay, you know, I know my calendar's filled today. I'm purposely not going to manifest, you know, opportunities for the next day or two, give myself some time to, to relax and get back to baseline, right? I'm trying to do that right now, actually. So next week's episode with Mason Tavert is awesome, a really incredible cannabis advocate. You're, you're going to hear that next week. I'm recording that the same time I'm recording this episode with Sandy Vo because my wife and I will be on the road next week in Philadelphia looking for a new place to live. And what that means is that I've had to be very strategic about my calendar and about how I get everything done and purposely setting a bunch of time apart for her and I to really look for places. And that means getting a lot of stuff done in advance. And it's been a lot. So it's been easy for me to say no to some things because I need to preserve this time for myself. So good card. Your good egg this week is very simple. Check out the bookshop. It helps me, but it also helps small businesses in terms of small bookstores, and that's super important. Go to bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS, bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS to support me, support your local bookstore, and buy some books. I mean, what more do you need other than the opportunity to buy some books, right? Without further ado, be vulnerable, show your empathy. Spread your love and choose your struggle. If you listen to the podcast, and of course you do because you're hearing this right now, you know that I always ask my guests what their preferred method of self-care is. Well, here's my answer. A good cup of coffee. This year has truly made me appreciate the little things that make my life better. And a good cup of coffee goes a long way. 
That's why I switched to Four Sigmatic and I haven't gone back. They use mushrooms in their beans and it gives me a kick in the morning that I didn't know I needed before and now I miss if I have anything other than Four Sigmatic. Once you give them a try, trust me, you're not gonna wanna go back. So go check out the link in my show notes or on my podcast website and use the code ChooseYourStruggle, all one word, at checkout to get 10% off. Check out Four Sigmatic today.